Welcome to another super exciting episode of Critical Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Rick the Rizzo, along with my co-host, The Mig One. And this is a critical look at all things TV, movies, gaming, upcoming creators, and whatever the hell we free like talking about. So buckle up and grab the old poop bar and enjoy the ride. Did you just say poop? Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 207, and you know what, Rick? What? Fuck Twitter! <laughs> yes, sir! Yes. We're still beyond critically... Well, I'm beyond... Well, no, we both are critically beyond fuck Twitter. I was lucky to get my account back with my numbers. Yeah, exactly. But as for me, oh, I'm taking the shaft. I'm taking the double fist up the ass. They done ripped my ass. They done made it two times that I just walk and shit falls out. Damn. Yeah, so in case you guys don't know, the MIG-1 lost his Twitter, so MIG-1 talks crap will not be returning, because currently to them, I violated their policies on numerous times, and numerous policies were violated by the MIG-1. I don't even know how you go about violating <laughs> on Twitter. I didn't ever... You know what? Fuck you, Twitter, because let me tell you something. I got another one back out there anyway. Because it, cause it doesn't make any sense. If you sit there and you retweet and you, and you post, you retweet, you... You like, you retweet, you like a retweet. You're doing this shit all the fucking time. You're doing all this stuff. And the fucking algorithm says, oh, it's a fucking bot. But it's you fucking doing it. Yeah, exactly. So think of it this way. There's me. There's Rick. There's our critical. There was another one I started because I wanted to do promotions for my own side hustle, which I was doing, you know, marketing shit. And then I was running a couple other ones for other people. So you retweet, like you said, want a fucking bot. Everybody's retweeting like everything because you're trying to do. And that's what everybody else fucking does. So why the hell can't you do it? Yeah. You know why? They're racist. Fuck the brown man is what they were saying. Because you know what? We don't complain enough. Hashtag brown lives matter, fuckers. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that. That's I'm starting this shit right now. Hashtag brown lives matter. Because you don't ever hear that shit about us, huh? We just get left out. Oh, send those motherfuckers back to Mexico or Cuba or fucking Puerto Rico or goddamn to the DM or to the, the Dominican, DM? Dominican Republic oh. or, or damn to Spain, you know, just send us wherever we belong. Fuck that okay. shit. You know what? This is some bullshit. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm pissed off. Anyway, that pissed me off a little bit, but you know what? I'm still pissed off and I'm pissed off again. But I got another one and I'm not violating their rules now, allegedly. We'll see how long that goes. Because you know, when I first started up, they were on my ass. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can look. What the hell? And I, I even showed Lupe once. Look at this bullshit. I just retweeted back to you that I liked it and responded to you. They said I violated some shit. So they were like, "Yeah." Matter of fact, a bunch of the friends that I know said, "I think someone said something on you, and they're targeting you." I said, "That's fine and dandy," but these numbers and these emails don't even coincide to the old ones. Matter of fact, I can't even use my real phone number anymore. It won't let me add a new account. Damn. Or even my old email. It just refuses. Think some some kind of, I don't know. It's just it's ridiculous. So I had to start all over. I have our critical thinking one. Started that all over again. So 48 fucking thousand people I had. And the 27, 20, 30 some thousand people critical had. We lost. Why don't we go, uh, why don't we go to the, let's go and sue. How are we going to sue? I don't know. You sue them and say, hey, we just, we're doing everything like we normally do. We have a case. Yeah, but they'll come up with some lingo. It's 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 a monopoly, dude. There's nothing out there that can go against Twitter. We're not going to win that case. And you got money to fight Twitter in court? I'm pretty sure we get somebody like, oh, this is what Twitter did to us. I'm pretty sure the person, hey, we can we can get them. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff. At one point, it's like you know, I don't even care anymore. I'm just restarting our own thing and try it again, see what I can build it up again. You know, and if I can do that shit again, then holy fuck, then I'll be in a bigger high horse than I ever was. But that's the point I was getting to. Well, how about we? 
talk to Clapper and tell him, hey, start tw- do something like Twitter. Who are you going to talk to? You know somebody at Clapper? Hey, you're the one that knows how to talk to people. I don't know the main person to talk to at Clapper. I don't know the main person to talk to TikTok. One of these apps needs, I, I even told you this, that we need to figure out how we can come up with our own app. I think that's what we need to do. Maybe we talk to the true. Now nah, I'm going to talk to that motherfucker. Anyway. <laughs> and we can talk, somebody around here has to know how to start an app. Yeah, we can. It can't be that damn hard. No. I mean, I guess you got to be able to program. You know how to program? Well, I know how to do some stuff. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how it works on the app-wise to get it launched. So I, I have to look into that. I, I really actually thought about starting my own Twitter-type thing where it would compete against that shit, and, and I wouldn't let any of that crap go. Yeah, because here's the fucked up about it. And let's be honest. Let's be real. Let's get real right now. Yeah, the MIG one man posted some stuff about go to Fred Haas. Yeah, the MIG one man posted some shit like Blue Wave this. Yeah, the MIG one could have said this, fuck that, fuck this, or whatever. You know, I've been the way I am. Or the MIG one would have come back and said, yeah, follow my good friend Madison. Follow my good friend here. Follow my good friend there. Follow this, this, this. Retweet the Cowboys. Retweet this. And every once in a while, I'll post a video of my grandson, me and my wife, and all this other shit. That's usually what I posted. Never posted any porn. Never posted any Ula Akbar, Hala, you know, yeah. Akbar. Never posted down with the insurgents. Never posted fuck Trump. Never posted any of that shit ever. None of that stuff. Never dogged the government. I always make statements like, come on, man, do better. You know, kind of like, yeah, you know, whatever. But it's like, never. All right, motherfuckers. You fuckers got teenage girls and teenage boys out there posting fucking pictures of themselves that are 13 and 14 and whatever. Out on the porn and everything else, these people are here. You ain't doing a fucking thing about it. Yeah, I'm calling you out, Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm calling you out on that shit. There's so much porn on fucking Twitter right now. And then, on top of that shit, you got motherfuckers out there talking like insurgents and all kinds of shit. But you ain't pulling those motherfuckers off. So it's okay to spite world hate, racial hate, uh, anger hate, or whatever the fuck you want to say, murder hate, or put gory pictures of people losing their fucking head on the goddamn accidents. Or just posting Twitter. Just slopping dick pics all over the place. That's not as bad as me? I'm worse than them? Critical thinking is worse than them? That's fucked up. Yeah, so fuck you, Twitter. Right up the ass, okay? You know, take your goddamn algorithm, shine that some bitch sideways, and stick it straight up your candy ass. Because you know what? I don't need you. And you know what? The world's going to figure out they don't need you either. And if I can develop an app, oh, you best believe, goddammit, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, and I'm coming for your mamas. I'm going to email The Rock, tell him to get on our backs. Huh? I'm going to email The Rock. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I ain't worried about this shit no more, man. I really am. It's just it's beyond. It's apprehensible. I can't even speak today. It's apprehensible that they are targeting people like ourselves and letting these other motherfuckers go. Oh, you know why they don't catch them? Because the algorithm doesn't catch people like that because they're just putting pictures and doing different tweets and changing little words. Well, you need to fix your fucking algorithm or you need to hire somebody instead of a fucking bot or a machine to go out there and actually physically look at what the fuck people are posting. Yeah. Oh, but you can't do that. You know why? Because there's like billions and billions of users on Twitter. So we have to use an algorithm that's all fucked up and we'll get the people that are just bots or we'll get the people that are just doing this and get them off of Twitter. But we'll leave all the porn out there for everybody else. It's, it's just it's just asinine, stupid, ridiculous. I just, you know, I don't even know. I'm just shaking my head. I'm just shaking my head at this stupid shit. I don't even know anymore. Now. You know. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. It was like, I can send a random email to fucking Mark Zuckerberg. It's a, hey, you know, you have Facebook. See if you have a Facebook app that'll compete against Twitter. No shit. And fuck them up. 
Yeah, that's what I, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to tweet every big person we know, we don't know, but I'm going to tweet everyone because I know they got to have a Twitter somewhere. Yeah. I'm going to find them on Twitter and say, you guys need to do this because Twitter doesn't piss me off. And then tag them every single day. That's another thing that probably pissed them off is I tagged their dumb asses on my Twitter. I, I tagged Twitter support and Twitter main. Never heard shit back. Mm-hmm. Fucking goddamn cowards. It's probably some skinny ass four foot eleven dude back there. Hey, you guess I'm scared. I'll be a big tough guy on the internet. Ooh. Go face the big one. I got something for you. It's called Thunder and Lightning. And that's just my two left, right, nut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, so that's that. So I'm going to go ahead and say fuck Twitter for the last time because, you know, it ain't going to do no good. It's like fighting a losing battle. You know, you just fuck it. Just you have to give up. So this will be my last rant. You hear me say, yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, fuck Twitter again. I don't need them. I don't like them. They can go kiss my black ass and I haven't wiped correctly in the last couple days. Now, big one's got other stuff to talk about, too. Oh, what's he got now? This little bit on the personal side. Mick One's having just some tough tough times right now in his life. A lot of things happening, a lot of things going down, you know. You got sick parents, you know, struggling to figure out what to do with that. Uh, job is really testing my nerves, too, you know. Uh, much other stuff like that. So, you know, it just brings you back to that quote, you know, good old Rock, you say, hey, how hard you get hits, how hard you can take the hits and keep moving forward. Yeah. But, but you know, that's not my saying. You know, you just got to be able to dust yourself off, I guess, and keep trying. Uh, otherwise, just might as well just lay down and die. And, you know, I ain't all about dying. I'm just, I don't know how much the MiG-1 can take anymore. The MiG-1 may be at his, uh, maybe reaching his uh, his final levels. I've... Between, like I said, those things and then my own health now, I, I, I've i taken some beatings. And I'm trying to beat my issue. Uh, but having to listen to other stuff and other things going around, it's really tearing me down. And uh, it's, I don't know, man. What you got for me, Rick? Preach, Reverend. Do me something. Give me some, some life uplifting experience or something. Else. I don't know. Only thing I got going for me right now, only thing that keeps me moving forward is my family. That's it. That's all you need. But my family is also the ones in, in need and having issues too. So it's it, it's it, a dual crutch, you know. It's a it's it's it's, it's a dual edged sword. I'm getting stabbed and pulling it away at the same time, and I just don't know what to do. All you can do is just take it one day at a time. And man. people say money, money, money takes care of everything. Money does not fix everything. No, money is not money is not going to fix the situation for me. No. Yeah, making more money will help me. Take care of other things. Winning the lotto will help me take care of a bunch of things too, but it's not going to heal me or heal my folks. No. It's not going to feel f- take care of the other stuff. I mean, it'll fix one or two, what things, what we call those not, not, not mental issues, but it'll fix, it'll take care of the problems temporarily, but it's not going to fix the, the, the real, real issues that are not fixable by money. Cause, you can't win. I mean, no matter if you got billions, and billions of dollars. I mean, if if Bill Gates is liver up and quits, you know, hey, mm-hmm. you probably buy another one, but chances are it may not work. You know, I'm just saying. Um, you know, yeah. money doesn't fix everything. I mean, I've been beat down to my knees, and you've seen me in my worst at times. Mm-hmm. I've been beat down so far, and what I still stand up 
And like, you know, that, that, that rock quote you were talking about, the rock, the Rocky quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, you know, kind of, it, it's true. Nothing hits harder than life. And I remember. And life comes in hard. Oh, yeah. It'll come in with a cinder block and fuck you up. And you know what's interesting, though, is we say that, and there was another quote. Um, it's a little bit more better than a Rocky quote. Um, give me a second so I can kind of get it right. I'm going to preach a little bit here. The good Lord will never give you more than you can take. Even though it seems it may be more than you can bear. He's never going to give you more that's going to make you totally collapse. Gives you opportunities to shine or not shine. Opportunities to rise up and continue moving forward to show who I guess what you are inside. And of course, you know, like the little footprints part, when you can't go no more, he picks you up and carries you. But at some point, I'm not an atheist, obviously. But uh, the way the world is and the way things are and people are medically, I understand why now sometimes people will, will swallow a bullet. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm not saying I would do it. I'm, every time I, you know, the way you the, kind of like describing his life, like the Lord is going to give you tests every day. At and, some point, though, my, uh, my, my brother, how... how and but, okay, first of go ahead. Let me I'll let you finish. I'm, I got I'm just saying, you know, he's going to test you every day. Welcome and I, to I've, preaching 101. And I've been through it. I've been through a lot of tests. I even get to the point where I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Like when finances get low and some other stuff get low, I'm like, how am I going to do this? What he, I go, I know he's testing me. And you know how I am. You know how I am. And, you know, I'll help whoever I can at the time. This is the first time I kind of being kind of selfish. And I went with my girlfriend because every person needs love. And I'm, me moving in with my girlfriend and everything, that was a big change for me. Yeah, it was. You know, and my sister had to learn to get off. That was my rock that was holding me back mm-hmm. and moving forward, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And you know how she was. And so now I feel lifted a much Get rid of her. Mm-hmm. And now I have my own family. Well, you're being weighted down by something that was, yeah, that you should have been there having to be taken, forced to be taken care of. It was not your your spouse. No. Now, I understand that. I understand that 100%. And so, like I said, God tests me all the time. And then, yeah, maybe if we call it selfishness, you doing it. I was like, I don't think it's selfishness for no. me to find love. No, on my point, me looking at that, I don't consider that to be selfish. It might have been selfish on the other way, and the other end, the way things were working out. And I honestly felt that you were being, you know, it was not in your best interest. And I, th- I can clearly see you're a lot happier. And they probably made their own means, so they're probably it's good for those to also stand on their own because now she can stand on her own two feet and do her own things too, mm-hmm. and see which you know make better decisions. It's fine. Everybody eventually has to go their own way. You're not going to be there all the time. You're not going to be the damn you know, tether that holds everything, you know, you can't be. Mm. But I, uh, and to this day, God still tests me. 
He texted me like even when I was Ubering this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. I got some Uber stories for you on this one, but he tests me a lot. Hence, that's why we're preaching a little bit today. But no, seriously, we're preaching because there's a lot of stuff going on in our minds right now. And we're getting it off our chest. And I'm glad you guys don't mind listening. I know it's not what you're used to or accustomed to, but I appreciate your patience. Uh, as you heard me rant earlier on Twitter, but now we just gotten a little deep. At what point, and you can never question being Catholic and with everything like that. At one point, you can't be sitting there questioning, why do I keep on getting tested? Have I not passed enough tests yet? No, he knows. I, it's not that he's constantly testing. He just knows you can take it. And he knows you will find the solution to push forward. He knows you're smart enough. You're smarter than these other people that take a bullet. True. But you know what? And then we're all human. And we all succumb to whatever we think we can't handle anymore. And, you know, in the end, it is still free will. Even though it's preordained that he knows what's going to happen, it's still our own free will. So you never know. You never really know what you're going to do or what's what's going to happen. And sometimes it is just, it feels like it's too much. And I don't think I'm there. But I felt there before and then I realized that wasn't even it. That I could go much further deeper than that. Yeah. And there was an old saying once, and I used to say this a lot, uh, I'm worth more dead than I'm alive. Monetary rise, that may be true. But what I've learned and what you've said here earlier from your significant other, my significant other has proved to me that that in fact is not true. Mm. My personality, my life, my lighthouse, not lighthouse, my shining or my light, my beacon or whatever you want to say is enough that even though I think it's not bright or I think it's not great or whatever, it's inspiring, whatever, I apparently I do inspire without even knowing that I do. Or I do lift up, you know. And my wife reminds me that my kids would be lost without me and she'd be lost without me and, and, you know, people would miss me. And I was like, you know. So it makes sense. It makes sense to have a good woman in your corner to kind of bring you back to bringing perspective and kind of lift you up when you're down. So I'm glad that you found your 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 other half, and that person's there for you. Which I can honestly tell you that you know you're definitely a different a different person now, which is a good thing. You still suck ass, but you're still right. You suck less ass. I, mean, <laughs> I had to get a little joke. I could be too serious, but you know, because I look at I look at the Mig one success. What success? Life. He doesn't. He doesn't see the success. I don't see no success. But you gotta look at look at what like like you like she said. Uh-huh. You don't have any kids. Of your own own, but Nuh-uh. you do like I do. You have your stepkids, but you don't call them stepkids. You call them your actual your son, your daughter, mm-hmm. because you, they're not like that with you. You've helped raise you. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've seen you argue because of one of the sons did this and one of the sons did that. But your accomplishment, especially with one in particular, when he came back and gave you a lot of respect when he came back from the army. Yeah, he still writes stuff that kind of brings me to tears at times. It's it's, it's heavy. Like I said, you re- you don't realize how much you have inspired him, and how much respect he has now given you, and that's a lot. Because you know during during his school time, yeah, it pissed you the fuck off because you knew how teenagers could be too. <laughs> yeah, I was one. We all were. 
I couldn't believe it. And then how am I not dead? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he comes back and he realizes all the shit that you have done for him. I don't know. Sometimes you gotta like I don't know. Interesting. My wife has a good quote about that. You gotta let them be who they are. Let them learn from their mistakes. Just be there to pick them up when they fall down. You can't live life for them. No, you can't. You gotta let them learn, make the mistakes. You got. You can help them, guide them to try to keep from making the massive mistakes. But sometimes they just gotta learn on their own. And then also look from your previous marriage. Don't bring her up. No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the kids from your previous marriage. Uh-huh. Your daughter's with you all the time. Yeah, she is my shadow. Well, she's got her man now. <laughs> I mean, she has her man, but still, she's... Yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, she would rather be with you than her mom, to me, it looks like. Because I've always seen her with you. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't know half of it, brother. <laughs> no, I appreciate the and kind then, words, man. And then, and then when I hear y'all conversate, I mean, you, you're, you're you when you conversate with your daughter. <laughs> I don't know how they can handle the big one as a father. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes the way she answers is like, it's, you made him another big one. Yeah, that's actually, uh, we can call her the Nick one because she's pretty much, yeah, she's a mini version of me and she is like, it's like arguing with your damn self at times. Like you want to punch yourself. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. Let's get happy because we can't be sad all damn day. And no, your boy, Mick one, did not Uber. Because... My daughter took me to go celebrate a belated Father's Day and my wife getting her new job. So went to La Casona. It was my cheat day. And I had uh, some quesadillas. Quesadillas? What are those? Oh, yeah. You know, they had to catch the armadillos from my side, use the shell, put the meat gotcha. inside. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> that was really good, man. And then I had uh, some chips and queso. And I didn't drink any soda. That was pretty much my cheat. Because even though I had breakfast tacos in the morning, I replaced the tortilla with my tortillas which is like two grams or whatever so it's a healthier tortilla didn't taste right but it was okay and because i can eat eggs and bacon all all day long if i want to because it's meat protein whatever you want to call it oh yeah i know so yeah so i was good so my only cheat was the tortilla you want to calm down just on the bacon just a little bit oh there wasn't a lot of bacon on there (laughs) but yeah so i ate the uh the you know my tortillas and then i had the quesadillas at lunch and that was pretty much it so you know i was it was good but uh my grandson was there, who we hadn't seen in forever. I was saying, so he was just like huggy, lovey on both me and my wife, and we're so happy. And my daughter asked me if I was going to Uber. So, yeah, I think I am. And then I made the decision to leave us, and I'm not going to, but they were in the lane to turn left. Like, where y'all going? Uh, we're going to, mom, you know, go to her mother's, and, you know, she wanted to see him. I was like, oh, crap. I didn't Uber specifically so I could be home for the weekend, but I get it. She didn't see him either. So, okay, that's fine. I'll see him again later. Eh, okay. Kind of made me a little sad. So, I didn't feel like going out after that. Uh, yeah. You know, for me, I love my kids, like you said earlier, but I love my grandson to death. He is just so damn funny and just so full of energy. And he just cracks me and my wife up, and he is just a joy to be around. And uh, so, yeah, that's why I didn't go out. But then I heard what you told me. I was like, holy crap, I'm glad I didn't go out. Another reason why I didn't go out, because Friday when I was going to try it, there was nothing happening. It was dead. And then Saturday, I didn't see any red either for a little bit. I was like, ah, whatever. Oh. But then you told me what happened to you, and I'm, I was glad I didn't go out. It was like, well, my week, by the way, was actually pretty good last week. Mm-hmm. You know, and it uh, looks like you kind of had a good weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, here it is. Uh, Saturday morning or Friday night was the shock, though. 
uh, about my friend from work. Uh, I guess you can say he's one of my best friends because I talk to him a lot all the time when we've gone out and, you know, all his groups. Uh, a friend of mine, Gene, he does a lot of singing and everything. Uh, he, uh, they said it was a heart attack. Honestly, I think it was heat stroke, but he got a, he was in the hospital. He's finally responding and he's, he's uh, actually improving. So he's getting better. So hopefully he'll be back to work. And he probably has to do less work. <laughs> probably just sit in the office. But anyways, uh, heard that on Friday night. And then here comes Saturday morning. We end up waking up. And yes, your boy finally went to go get his vaccine. <laughs> I got the shot number one. And my, <laughs> uh, according to my girlfriend, the girl gave the shot high on my shoulder. How high? About right here. Jeez, it should have been lower. And she got me right there. And then a little bit after a while, my arm was like, you know, sore because of the shot. So I was like, ah, and I'm here driving. And that's my good arm to drive with. And if I'm holding it up like this, I'm like, this is starting to get hurt. So a little bit later when I was Ubering, <laughs> we were, uh, it, I turned it on here in Rosenberg. And I got a couple of rides here in Rosenberg. And it finally went out. And I had a lot of cancellations. All right. And. I could not hit any of the promotions that were out there, you know, three rides for five fifty and then around eight o'clock till I think like four or five in the morning it was for every three rides it was uh thirteen fifty. Oh wow. And so I was all like, All right, I gotta get over that I gotta get to that area, I gotta get to the area of Houston, I gotta get to the area of Houston. And when that started at eight o'clock, guess where I was at? Rosenberg. Woodlands. Nice. So I'm over in the woodlands. In the woodlands, and I'm here going to. I drop off one person. I take off. I go drop off another person. And when I'm going to pick up this other guy, I'm here driving, and I'm all like, "Man, I go, I mean, I gotta take a piss." And I'm here driving, driving. All of a sudden, I look, and it's nothing but woods. That's all I see. That's one thing about the woodlands. Literally, it's when it says woodlands, it's the woodlands. You're driving, and it's all you see is woods, woods. And I know where I see a shell sign. I'm like, "Oh, there's a shell sign," but. It's not saying it's coming up. No, that was where the driveway is to get in to go right past the tree line to the shell station. And I shot past it. I was like, oh, my God. I get to the guy, and I go there, and I pick him up. And, of course, when people get in the car, I don't think about it anymore, and I start driving. Dropped him off, and then I was like, oh, I got nobody. The good Lord was giving me that five-minute break to pull into the gas station. To go into the restroom, which I did make it. And then I get right, right as I'm coming out, I was like, oh, let me get a snack. And that didn't work out. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, no snack. So I go and I get in the, uh, I get back in the car because I got pinged. And I said, I had already set the destination back into Houston because I was like, I still want to make some of these promotions, you know, this promotion. And luckily, the one ride I got was from the Woodlands. All the way to downtown Houston. Uh, Midtown, actually. And then from there, I was like, all right, got another. I think I made, I don't know, I think I might have made one. I'm not too sure. But like I said, I don't know if it was working to where you just start in there and then you have to get it, you know, constantly. It doesn't matter just as long as you don't stop. But I had so many cancellations, I could never get it in a row. Because, like, I, once I picked her up, I got somebody. I was like, all right, I took off. And that was the first ride complete. And then the next ride, I got to the location 
I said, I have arrived. And then I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, and it gets to the three-minute mark where it turns red. And I was like, damn, they're still not here. And I said, I can't cancel this. I can't cancel this. Then I get an email, a text message from them on the app saying, oh, I'm sorry, we left already. So I had to cancel it. Still got paid, but that kind of killed the the in a row. And so I was like, fuck, get the next one. Picked that one person up and dropped them off. And then I went to get the next one. They canceled. Mm-hmm. Kills the kills the doing it in a row. That's what happened every time. I think I had four cancellations in that whole time when it happened. So I could never get them in a row, which kind of pissed me off. Then afterwards, I, the next ride I got was outside the zone, so I couldn't get the promotion started. That sucks. I was like, motherfucker. So, like, but when I was in the Woodlands, I didn't even realize it. Woodlands was surging like a motherfucker when I was out there. Really? Yeah. So, every ride I got almost had a surge. Or every every fucking ride I had pretty much had a surge. Hmm. All right. And when I was getting towards the end of the night, I picked up this group of people uh, right there by Daisy Dukes in Midtown. Mm-hmm. And they get in the car, are you so-and-so? I was like, yeah. Oh, and they get in the car. And all of a sudden, I was like, damn, 35-minute trip. Where the fuck are we going? <laughs> and I was like, going down south. And I get this. It's already like 12-something at that point. I had set the destination home mm-hmm. because I was all like, I just want to get home now. It, uh, you know, I think I'm doing all right. And so, yeah, I go all the way. It went from Daisy Dukes all the way to fucking Barker Cypress. Now, on the way to Barker Cypress, as we're going there, we're getting right there around Eldridge. I notice this brown truck, like, literally weaving. Barely going into the next lane, coming back in this lane. Mm-hmm. Barely going the next lane, coming back in the next lane. And I was like, this motherfucker, what's wrong with this guy? I go, he's got to be fucking drunk. And so, I could totally skip the whole pride part, and I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> But I'm sitting there like, okay, I'm like, all right, what's he doing? And then finally, I slow down enough, and the people are looking behind me. They're, like, talking away, but one guy looks, and he goes, he goes, man, he goes, what's up with that guy? I said, I don't know. I'm just trying to make sure I'm keeping y'all safe. I want to get this guy out of, I want to I get away from this guy. Well, this guy goes, and he jumps past the lane, goes around the 18-wheeler. He's on the other side, and I said, I jumped on the other side of the other one and gunned it. Mm-hmm. And I got past him. I was like, all right, I'm gone. I said, we're gone. I look in the rear view and I see him. He goes in front of the 18 wheeler and then almost, I guess you could say he's playing chicken with the 18 wheeler because he doesn't even realize it. And the 18 wheeler honked and he goes over and then the guy's just in the, the those two lanes, the, the outside lanes, in and out. And I'm like, all right. And then people are going around him. Well, I'm, I finally get to where Bar- uh, Barker Cypress is. And I look at my rear view, and I was like, well, I guess he must have went somewhere. I don't see him anywhere. And then right as I hit the blinker to go getting onto the exit, this motherfucker comes right around me and almost hits the front of my car. And he almost hits the fucking wall, the concrete wall, exiting Barker Cypress. I was like, where the hell did this motherfucker come from? I was like, holy shit. And I'm going to be slowing down. They were like, oh, my God. And they even saw when he almost hit the wall, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, please. I, the only thing I'm going in my head, my, uh, the MIG, I'm here looking. I'm like, please go past Barker Cypress. Please go past Barker No, he turns down Barker Cypress. 
Jesus. We're going down Barker Cypress now. He's in front. I'm staying far back. He's weaving. He's weaving. He almost hits the fucking little the little curb. And uh and uh, uh he hits the curb and next thing I'm like, oh fuck. And uh he comes away from it and then all of a sudden this guy speeding comes up and then he kinda goes a little further. I'm like, God damn, that guy was fast. Goes past the guy, but then I see the cops. It's like, oh, sheriffs, they're going to get this drunk guy. No, they go past the drunk guy to get the speeding guy. Doesn't make any fucking sense to me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I get my turn. And I'm like, the guy's, he goes further away. I was like, all right, I don't have to worry about him. I'm going into the neighborhoods or whatever. And uh, so I'm heading to their place and everything. I was happy. Uh I'm happy that, you know, I'm not going to see him anymore. And, uh, this motherfucker, uh, I dropped him off. And then I'm, I'm, I got pain to go pick up another guy. So I'm heading to go pick him up. He's further down Barker Cypress. I'm like, damn, how far in Acadia am I going now? So I'm going further and further and further. And then I realize on the other side, I see a, a truck make a U-turn. It's that same motherfucker. On the other side now, I was like, is this motherfucker looking for me? What the fuck? And I went and finally got to where the guy was, and I picked him up, and I was telling the whole story when I was taking him mm-hmm. home, and he was all like, man, and he was shit. I go, yeah. And he goes, well, I'm glad he, we don't see I said, I don't see him anymore on the road, so I'm glad we don't see this motherfucker anymore. So I don't know what happened to the poor guy. I hope no hope he hit nobody or anything like that or caused any fucking accidents from wherever he went, cause, but that one fucked up fucking drunk driver the entire time did not fucking leave my fucking line of sight for a while which that's what kind of kind of scared me for a bit you know but right before that when i was downtown around montrose where all the gay clubs are at Mm -hmm. yeah and i told you about that one too i even said i was like dude there were so many people there that all the cars were parked on those two-lane roads that are all around there that turn them into one lane, and then there's some people that are turning that I've gone over halfway down the street, and they want me to back up. <laughs> I said, fuck you. You're going. I said, I came too far up. You just turned onto the fucking road. Mm-hmm. So you fucking wait. And so ends up they backed up, and then I was able to go past, and then I turned. They're having like a big old festival down there, so there's everybody out there wearing shit that you shouldn't be wearing, but they're wearing because they said, "Oh, it's pride. We wear this stuff." And I even had to ask my my stepson over here, uh, Joseph, because you know he's he's gay, and I say, and he doesn't dress like these words. Mm-hmm. I told him, I said, "Is there a reason why? Is because is it because it's the last weekend of Pride, and they they got to?" He goes, "What were they wearing?" I go, "Leather straps." <laughs> Yeah, and all I hear is Joseph. Yes, so I was like, okay, I'm in perspective. That's probably the party mode part or whatever. But yeah, literally, literally, just wearing leather straps. And then there was another guy that just had it where it was covering his Johnson. Nice. And it comes up around his shoulders. It's like if he had chonies and just pulled the chonies over his shoulders. Explain to people what chonies are because they may not know. Underwear. <laughs> it's like the guy turned his underwear into a thong. Dun, 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 dun. And I was like, I was like, what the hell? I was like, and they don't. I was like, I don't know. What is the deal? Is they just don't give a shit? They don't see the car? They're just gonna jump out in front of you as you're fucking rolling? 
Like, I just saw these guys that were right beside me as I was rolling, and they were kind of walking faster than me. And then he just walks right in front of the car, and I'm like, I hit the brakes hard. I'm like, what the hell? You do not see me rolling? You do not? And they're just sitting there looking, and like, it's my fucking fault. You see me rolling. I'm like, I'm on the fucking road, fucking people. Come on. (laughs) But anyways, then I finally made it home. Got home about 2.30, 2.45, around there. So, I mean, like I said, I pulled in a, a decent amount of money, so I was pretty good. Well, there you go. And then, you know, I had a good uh, brunch with my girl. We went to Cheesecake Factory, which we did not know that they have a brunch menu. I didn't know that either. So, we were at Cheesecake Factory having a brunch and uh, enjoyed herself there. And I made burgers and stuff for dinner, grilled burgers uh, that night. So, everything went pretty good. Okay. And here we are now. Very nice. And I know you and the fam went to go see Fat, uh, F9. Yeah, we went to see FU. FU. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So we went out to the movies this weekend and saw uh, the F9, which you've seen too. So we can do a quick review on that. At the same time, I also saw the Ice Road. Yes, sir, Bob. Liam Neeson driving a truck with Lawrence Fishburne. And uh, a lot of ice. A lot of ice? Yes. So if I was Jamaican, like the Jamaican bobsled team, a lot of ice. <laughs> Too much ice. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about the ice you wear around your neck. <laughs> There's a lot of ice. <laughs> uh, but uh, So well, let me tell you the story of getting to the Fast 9 before we do the, do the little review. Well, I was going to say, let's get some news real quick, but if you want to go ahead and give your story about Fast 9 and what you're Oh, no, we can do that. We don't wait. Go ahead. Drop some news. That's fine. I mean, I didn't know if you had any sports news or anything. anything Oh, sports news is that Phoenix is one game away from advancing to the NBA Finals, even though the Clippers played like madmen game the last game. And then I watched the Hawks literally just manhandle the Bucks all night long. And then in the fourth quarter, they fell apart and the Bucks came back and won. And I was like, Damn it, man. So now Milwaukee has home court advantage again. Then it's 2-1 Milwaukee. But if Phoenix wins tonight, they'll be in the finals waiting. Okay. Which hasn't Phoenix hasn't been back to the finals since uh, Charles Barkley led them there. <laughs> and actually, I think this team has a good chance of winning. But uh, And then we had Sir Charles, and we didn't go anywhere. But, you know, the thing is, I don't necessarily know if Milwaukee or Atlanta has enough to beat Phoenix now. Depends. If Chris Paul's back, then probably not. So Phoenix may actually will probably be your odds favorite to win. Uh, in WWF news, WWE, excuse me, Roman Reigns is out there, you know. Got uh, Jimmy doing the dirty work now since Jay decided up and go. And we don't know where he's at, what the storyline with that is. But Roman said prove it, so he went out and beat uh, Dolph Ziggler in a one-on-one. Came back and then Roman went out to do the main address and just kind of acknowledged. Went out there to do his main address, talking about how Paul Heyman said he's beating everybody. He's making puns of how he beat every, you know, how he threw Mysterio and his son over the ropes, literally threw them away. And how he did this, he stacked Edge and Daniel Bryan, and he made Daniel Bryan go away for good too. Anyway, right when he's getting ready to say something, you think you know me? Do 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 do. Edge comes out again and. Like, literally jumps. Roman starts taking his jacket off, and they get ready to fight in the ring, and Ed spears him and whatnot and everything else and knocks him out the ring. And then Jimmy tries to come to his rescue, and then uh, Edge does him wrong and up against the steps. And then they kind of go away, and 
Edge is standing there, but they did see later that after Raw, excuse me, after SmackDown, uh, Edge did go to the general manager and ask to be Roman Reigns' uh, competitor at Money in the Bank. So, yeah, that's what that's going right now. Uh, in the Money in the Bank challenge right now, I think the ones that are in so far are Drew McIntyre, uh, Ricochet, and I forget who else is in that one. Uh, but, you know, that's pretty interesting. You know, like I said, Raw has really been lame. Yeah. And SmackDown, the best storyline right now is the Roman Reigns story. So that's what Braden may watch for. We watch basically for the Roman Reigns situation. <laughs> but, yeah, so LA News. Um, uh, let's see here. The Texans suck. Uh, <laughs> Eagles fans are pissed off. Got this from my son. What What are Eagles fans never pissed off about? Guess what they're <laughs> pissed off about now? What now? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, not a billboard, like a poster? Like the things they hang from the stadium? Not even a poster. What do you call those? Uh, the long pictures of the football players they hang from the stadiums on the outside. Banners. Thank you, thank you. They have a big ass banner, and the people can see from the freeway on this one particular freeway, and they're pissed off because it's Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz ain't there no more. He's not in Indianapolis, so people are pissed off. Philadelphia fans are mad about that. So apparently, Philly hasn't gotten to taking it down yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they're angry about that. She's like, Jesus, be angry about anything. But yeah, so that's that's all I got on the NFL news. Uh, baseball, uh, Astros suck. Uh, you know, they got beaten two out of three by, uh, who has just beat their asses here? Uh, I forgot, but now they're going to go get better because they're going to take on Baltimore and they ain't got shit. So that's a couple of wins right there. Uh, but I think with their losses and the Red Sox win, that put the Red Sox with the best record in the AL. Uh, cause them and Houston are going back and forth right now for the best record in the AL, but no one's catching the Giants as the Giants have a two or three game better record than them. So the Giants, the San Francisco Giants have the best record overall in baseball. Uh, but the AL is going to come down between, I think, Boston and Houston. And Tampa Bay is, like, right on Boston's button. So is Oakland, I think, on Houston's. Uh, I think that's who's behind them. Is it Oakland or it might be somebody else? But I think it's Oakland. But, yeah, so it's that's the baseball stuff. And we're still way young into the season. So Was it uh, is it me or did Eric say that a lot, a lot of things happened with WWE, like you were saying last week? A lot of people got cut. Fandango's been let go. Yeah, and I'm here wondering. It's Fandango. He really wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But still, they, they're cutting a lot of wrestlers. You realize they've been cutting a lot of wrestlers lately. Yeah, and if, it, you, and if you go and you look at the news or you go look at some of the, like, uh, Dudley. Uh-huh. Dudley Boy that does, uh, what's his name? Uh, Devon? Not Devon. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the white guy. That's Dudley. Or that's, uh, I don't know, Bubba. Bubba and Devon? Yeah, okay, yeah. Anyway, so he is, uh, whichever one it is, I can't remember. He has a podcast. And he does a show and everything. He talks about wrestling and everything else. And somebody asked him a question about WWE. He says, well, you know, WWE, when you start to do things, getting ready to sell, you cut your overhead. And the wrestlers are a lot of the overhead. Uh, he thinks that could possibly be a bill. And, you know, we've heard the rumors that Peacock was ready to drop serious bills. I mean, billions on, on it because they already got the app. And so they're ready to throw some more. I mean, shit. WWE gets spot time now on ESPN, on Fox Sports, and everything else now. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. So they've transcended the fact from fake sport to whatever to being entertainment news on sports and on sporting things now, uh, which is really cool. But uh, he also came back and said he doesn't think because oh, he's talking to Jim Ross. Jim Ross was like McMahon. I believe McMahon would probably do it, but I don't think he's going to do it until he dies. I don't think it's going to happen until after he's gone. 
mm-hmm. that maybe some maybe Stephanie or whoever is afterwards may get rid of it. If he does, it'll be shocking, but it'll probably be almost on his deathbed when he gets rid of it. But he doesn't think Jim Ross doesn't think he's going to get rid of it. He think they're making moves to be better prepared to make a run once live audiences and everything comes back. Because obviously that hurts not having live audience. Yeah. That's a lot of revenue. So you got to cut to stay afloat and keep your money and whatever else. And first of all, we know Vince ain't broke. Yeah, they got a lot of money, but he probably doesn't want to drop that after a certain long enough figure. And if AEW is doing what they're doing, like they're kicking some ass, because WWE had to move NXT because it was losing up against uh, AEW, and so they moved it. Uh, so who knows? Don't know yet. But there's still a lot of rumors going around there. But a lot of wrestlers being cut. A lot of people that are insignificant. Let's yeah. put it that way. Uh, so the main people are still there. Okay. Interesting. All right, well, let's jump into your story about your FF9. Nice. So I bought my tickets to the Fast 9 way in advance. As soon as I was able to buy them, I got them at uh, Cinemark you know, over here in Rosenberg. Yeah. Go sit in the comfy chair, watch, you know, I got everything set up. We arrived at the Cinemark Theater. The movie was supposed to start at 10.25. We arrived there at 10.05. More enough time, you know, they should let us in and go in there and get our popcorn, get our drinks, and sit down. We're waiting. Still haven't gone in. 12 10 comes by. Like, what the hell? 12 12, 12 15. Like, this is not good. This some, what is going on? They're going to let us in soon. And we're down here in the heat, even though we're in the shade. All of a sudden, I see Centerport drunk. I was like, I look at the Centerport. Oh, he's going to make that cut and go through. He's just cutting through the parking lot. Nope. He turns around behind the theater, goes behind the theater, and says, Oh. Then he comes back around the other side. Oh, this can't be good. So he comes and the girl woman comes up with the movie theater. He asks her some questions, or I hear him talking. He walks away, and then she comes back, and I hear and I, I stop her. So, ma'am, you guys don't have lights? No, some of our theaters don't have lights. Oh, yeah, we're here for the Fast Nines because we'll probably be doing refunds. I said, okay, cool, all right. So I was the first one in the window. They gave me my refund. It took forever to. I said, man, if you guys could get me a refund, I might be able to make that showing in Sugarland. So that's no problem. So she got me the refund. We left. Got in the car, drove to Sugarland. Movie started at 10.40, okay? No, 10.30, okay? So we got there pretty close to 10.40. Give or take, you know, previews and everything else. You got at least 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the movie starts. I was good. We're going to make it. The machine does not spit out my tickets. Oh, that's fucked up. Can't, can't, can't go. So I got to go to the damn... Inside the theater. Tell the guy, I got to go here. Didn't give me the tickets. Okay, no problem. We go in there. My wife and me, we go in there. With Brayden. There's a young girl in front of us. She's about 12. She's getting her tickets or whatever, too. And then she, she goes, oh, I also need another ticket for this ticket. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. So by the time she got done, it was 1047. I looked at her. Has the movie already started? She goes, yeah, probably probably one minute or two minutes. Look at the wife. I ain't missing no minutes in the movie because some idiot over here can't get their shit in order. No, just give me the tickets for the eleven fifteen show. So we got tickets for the eleven fifteen. So I went from watching the movie at ten twenty five to ten four ten thirty, and then at eleven fifteen, <laughs> it's like, damn, the universe doesn't want me to see this movie. <laughs> so we got in, got our popcorn, nachos, whatever. He yawned. Finally got into the damn movie theater, sat down. I was like, yes. Movie starts eleven fifteen. Here come the trailers. Yes, there goes the trailer. Another trailer. Another trailer. Another trailer. Yeah, another trailer. Another trailer. Holy shit, another trailer. Oh, a trailer for Sing. Trailer for James Bond. Brayden looks at me. Hey, man. What? Ain't this movie supposed to already start? What are you talking about? 
I looked at this pillow and I'm like, damn, it's 11.45. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> Jesus, 30 minutes of trailers. Then the movie finally started. <laughs> yeah, literally almost 30 minutes of movies of trailers. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I guess they really want to get us back in the theater. So, yeah, so it finally started. Movie didn't end until 2.05. Long movie. But, yeah, then I went to go meet my daughter for Father's Day dinner. So, yeah. But that was the 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 trek, the hike, the journey getting to see Fast 9. All right, here comes our – see, I watched it before in the, the main one. But I really need to go back and watch it so I can see the after the credits because when I watched it – or maybe I can catch it. Maybe they have it on their new so I can catch it again. Maybe with a better picture. Uh, because uh, it wasn't, uh, I didn't see the post-credit scenes. Uh, the final post-credit scene, let's say it that way. But anyways. He digresses. I digress. Let's talk about this movie. Let's, talk about it, man. Talk, talk about it. it. I already thought just it's Fast 9. It's already just going to be off the wall. Oh, it was off the wall. And it's so off the chain. It starts off and you come to find out that, oh, the Mr. Nobody Needs Help and says, oh, this person in here, da, da, da. Then I was on, find out his, that's when he finds out it's his brother he's got to go against, right? It's my brother. But, another mother. But it's funny is that he's been, and then you find out a little bit later on that John Cena, which is played by, you know, you couldn't find him in the movie at all. You couldn't see him. So I didn't see. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't see him for a while. I, I, I was like, who the fuck are they chasing? There's, a, there's nobody in that Mustang. I said, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> hey, man, you can't be stealing my joke. But anyways, you know, the whole time he's like, you know, you find out there's so much backstory on this one. There's so many flashbacks of when they were kids. Yes, there was. And there's so many flashbacks so you understand where his brother went. You understand how his, you see how his dad dies. You see how he beat the shit of the guy. Well, the guy was an asshole. Yeah. The guy was told dick, man. Yeah. Um, as, I mean, like I said, it was, all that stuff was, it was, it was so much stuff in this movie. That's why there was like a couple of curveballs that were in there, like, like curveball, like, or plot holes, or whatever. Cause you're like, what, what? Okay, what were we at again? What? what? <laughs> I was like, they threw so much into this movie, and then they bring the guys. They're all, you know, they bring them all back. I digress so much on it. I mean, but I, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> Do I need to take over for you, Rick? Yeah, because was the movie uh, just too much for you? Yes, the movie is beyond. Okay, the movie just takes you like. I I became retarded. I, I don't even know. Okay, you literally. Okay, I we used to. I used to make this joke with Rick. Say, man, before you go watch a movie. Unplug your brain and just enjoy the stupidness. Don't go in there figuring out, well, shit, science says you can't do that. Wait a minute. that Wait, wait, no. You can't do that because then you won't enjoy the movie. You got to go and dumb yourself down and just let the movie wash you over with the ridiculousness. This bitch didn't stop washing you over to the last second. <laughs> I'm like, damn. I mean, it's just insane. The best part of the movies I thought of the beginning of the movie was I did love the flashback. I love the flashback because it takes you back to actually what happened with Toretto and how his dad died and where the, the, the chain, you know, beating the man with the socket wrench or whatnot, how that came to be. And we all, the way they pictured Toretto in the first movie, you pictured him as like some kind of a thug, you know, that beat the shit out of this person who killed his dad. But, you know, we thought it was still honor defending his dad. Now, finally, you see that he defended his dad's honor, but his brother's honor too. Because 
John Cena's character, the brother, was going to actually do it first. Yeah. It looked like he was going to do it. And Vin took it away from him and beat the shit out of him after that asshole made a comment. Yeah. Well, at least I'm alive or some shit. Like, what the fuck? I'd have beat his ass with the soccer wrench, too. So that's what you see. The backstory was great. I loved it. And then when he finally gets out of prison, you see that John Cena was already doing the racing scene thing. Yeah. And then you find out that, you know, he thinks his brother, well, his brother did do it on purpose, but he didn't realize that his dad was in debt. Yeah, he didn't know a lot of that stuff that was actually going on. And then you find out about it a little bit later. But, you know, you see the whole stuff going on. Then you see the dad die. And you see John Cena looking. And you see Dom going crazy, obviously. Um, and then, you know, they go forward with the story where they're trying to get. Uh, that's when you, Mr. Nobody gets some help. Yeah, because they jump back and forth to the flash scenes. If I was to give you the whole flash scene first, it would kind of give away other parts of the movie. But no, we can. It's no big deal. You see Dom. You see why. He did that. Then you see Dom get out of jail and he sees his brother. He's pissed off with his brother uh, because he realized, came to the conclusion that he was the last one to mess with the father's car. And basically, he told him, um, we race. If I win, you just keep on driving. If I lose, then I'll, you know, I'll go, whatever. So and he beat him, and so John had to leave. He kept on driving away. Hence, then John went off and met Mr. Nobody, and we find out later what happened there. But then, you know, you go to, back to Dom, and then Dom's doing his thing. Raising his son in the middle of nowhere <laughs> with Letty. It's pretty funny. And he's like working on a tractor. And then who shows up? Tej, Roman, and uh, what's her name? Uh, Cypher. Not Cypher. Cypher's a bad guy in this one. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, her name? Uh, Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. And so, you know, Vin pulls the shotgun out, makes little Brian go hide in the shelter. <laughs> like, And, of course, Tyree, we come in peace. <laughs> But, of course, then there's the story. They inform, they show him the video that was sent to Tej that Mr. Nobody was taken down. We don't know what happened. We don't know what happened because all of a sudden he was like, he was supposed to go find Mr. Nobody. But then all of a sudden now we. They just throw where Mr. Nobody's at. Throw it out the window. Even the whole movie, you still don't know. No. Just know the plane crashed and Mr. Mr. Nobody's gone. And they're trying to find, you know, collect whatever they're looking for. And you find out it's some kind of an orb. Half of an orb. Yeah. Um, so they go to take it, and then who shows up? John Cena. Well, before that. A ghost. Uh, no, the freaking uh, army shows up. Oh, yeah. Which, I don't know what country they were in, but that army was not playing around. No. They were shooting, firing. I mean, they, they messed it all up. a little bit. But one of the funny scenes comes up when they're, that uh, Roman decided to get like a tank type vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, they was making fun of him. Like, he's overcompensating. And after he destroys a Jeep, he's like, who's overcompensating now? <laughs> But how about the scene where he goes, how much how many times he almost died? Oh, yeah. But how he goes, my ass is on fire. <laughs> but then he said, uh, they, what the hell does Peligroso and Minas mean? Somebody asked, what the hell does Peligroso and Minas mean? And Roman is, um, Tez is talking to uh, Vin about how fast we got to do this. Uh, we got him to go to at least 80. And he's like, I can't do it. My speedometer goes to 70. <laughs> What the hell does Pelly Grosso mean this means? Dangerous minds, fools, just go. <laughs> Which is pretty damn funny. And yeah, I like how the thing blew up. He was stuck in that cavern. It got stuck between two rocks because the mine blew up. So he's looking at the, the glass, and beneath them is a mine. Tej and Ramsey are looking at him. He gets out, almost literally falls on the mine, gets away from it. All of a sudden, the, he starts running. The truck comes down, hits the mine, blows up. He's running, and the truck looks like it hits like it lands on him. Yeah. So he should be dead. He walks around the side, and Tess is like, 
how are you not dead? <laughs> like, it's just freaking hilarious. But it makes sense because in that one scene when they're shooting those armored guys, he falls into a hole and it's like everybody got guns on him. He's in the death zone. He's in the death mm-hmm. zone. Everybody else has elevated position and he gets out of it. He kills them all. He went gangster. Actually, I don't know if he killed them all because when I saw it on that part, it just looked like somebody came in and killed him for it. No, it looked like he killed them all. I don't think anybody came in and killed. I don't think John Cena did the killing. He killed them all. I do believe. I'd look at it again. I mean, you might be right. I, I might have missed that. But uh, so you think they're going to get away? Lady has the thing in her bag. She's riding around her bike, and then who was it? John Cena. John Cena hits, showed up. Hit the car, knocked her out of the air, made the thing fall down. He comes and picks it up. <laughs> takes the takes the, the orb, and him and Vin Diesel then racing after each other. After Vin catches Lady on top of his car. And then she jumps in there, and then they go after John, and they're racing all the way down. And then you see, uh, here comes the first bullshit. Here come uh, a couple of bullshits happening. Here comes the first one. Here goes Tez and and Ramsey and mm-hmm. and uh, Roman and Roman going over the bridge. Oh yeah, and they're oh yes, and they're hauling ass over this bridge. They're like, just go. They're going, and all of a sudden the back the back end breaks. Yeah, and first of all, let's just go discuss this bridge. The bridge <laughs> looked like one of those bridges you walk over made out of planks. Yeah. So I didn't, and it didn't even look like it was no. Okay, first of all, it didn't have any way to keep it straight. So the moment that car went on there, if a human walked on it, that bitch should have been swinging left to right, and you'd have had to hold on so you wouldn't fall over. Yeah. So explain to me how the car kept it straight, and that's the first bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and it keeps going. And what happens? Uh, I forgot. What, I forgot how it got cut. It just snapped. It snapped. It snapped. And all of a sudden, they're going, and this is the cartoon moment. They're hauling ass as it's falling. Yes, and they're still driving up the ramp of the road, the bridge, whatever you want to call it. And they make it. Well, you see the bridge. You're on the other side of the land, and you like you see it like it's completely gone. All of a sudden, you see the car. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Was, I was, that's some bullshit right there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like. I call bullshit. <laughs> and here comes bullshit number two. Well, here's John Cena. John Cena goes and he hits hits his nitrous and shoots off the cliff. And here comes that big plane drone with the magnet on it and doosh, with precision depicts up John Cena. Knowing that a car is going to fall in different ways, but yet it's precisionally straight still for it to grab it. Well, he hit the uh, he hit the NOS, so he was going straight. So he was he was smoothing over the he was doing like bulletproof monk fam he was walking on air walking on air in okay. a car oh you okay he believed huh so that's bullshit yeah he believed he believed he, he did the stifler <laughs> i believe i believe i'm walking on air and then so the the the, the jet aka stealth whatever comes out gets him with the magnet gets him with the magnet and flies off exactly and then bullshit number uh, what bull, 4005 4005 coming in there <laughs> don't know what vin diesel's thinking because the army's still chasing him in the helicopters. So he's all like, well, I guess I got to go to the other side. So he goes to where the bridge is, and there's no bridge. And Letty's like, Dom, Dom. <laughs> there's no bridge. Hits the... The NOS. Hits the NOS. Hits the little bracket or whatever that was there that I guess has a connection with the other side, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where the connection was. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Because, like I said, it's been a while since I watched it. Yeah. Uh... It, but the thing, this is the, you see the I preview. Think what happened was the bridge and the wood all collapsed, but one wire was still connected. Yeah. And that one, he hits it and he's perfectly timed hit 
locks it into the wheel well. Yes, and then hits the NOS. And hits the NOS so he can sit there and swing over to the other so side. He dro- no, he falls off. It's falling down, and then it locks. It locks. Like an swings. anchor on a boat, and it, it swings, swings him back him over. over. It swings him over. Now, I don't know about you, and I know a lot of the bolts and stuff on a car is pretty... Uh-huh. So, but that's not a light car. He had reinforced with roll cage in yeah, it. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Every you know, like but see what he got. He got hold the axle. You, you, and then, then you got the axles, and then what's the thing locked into the wheel? One that already broke shit on the wheel already itself. Mm-hmm. The moment it locked to swing him over to the other side, I should have just ripped the wheel off. Well, it didn't. <laughs> In Vin Diesel's world, nothing breaks. And when it threw him over, didn't they roll a couple of times too? Well, yeah. Well, at least they, he didn't do a perfect landing. That is true. It wasn't perfect. He, they did roll. He rolled and everything, which made the army guys, oh, they're dead. Yeah, so they, they yeah, flew off. off. So like, okay. <laughs> so yeah. they lost the first component. Yeah. And now they're, they they have to try to find him. Now they're in his fucking world. They find a way to get there. Vin Diesel goes to England to see Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Who's stealing a necklace. <laughs> Who, who, stole, dro- who stole a necklace. Yeah, who dro- stole a necklace and who drove away. And I don't know what kind of car they were driving, but she was doing the driving. She's doing the driving. And she's just like, oh, can you hit the handbrake, please? So she was like, I'll split with you if you, if you drive. Because <laughs> my thieving days are done. He's like, well, not mine or not. So are you getting in? <laughs> and so. And she's pretty badass she, doing she, some driving. Yeah, she's she, she's doing pretty well. She gets him to John Cena's place. Because she knows that apparently Helen Mary knows everything. Yes. If she's in a movie, that's one badass bitch. Uh huh. <laughs> Takes him to John Cena's partner, his yeah, house. His house. A rich man. Yeah. Diplomatic immunity. <laughs> <laughs> Gets over there. That's when you kind of get John Cena, that part right there, and the whole. Isn't that where the magnet thing comes into play, too? Or something? They they found the magnets there? No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. I know. I'm, I'm, I went yeah, too yeah. far. Uh, that's that's when he found out, I guess, more, and that's where he got where he he should have been dead. Who should have been dead? Vin. Isn't that where they had him locked up, or was that later? That's where they all pulled the guns on him. They locked him up in the chains. They took yeah. him out. The police took him. Okay, yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah, but see, also miss. That's the point where Tej and Roman went somewhere else. Yeah. And then uh, that left uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character and uh, Letty, not Letty and uh, freaking Vin's sister, sister, to go. That's in the. I forgot how the hell they found out. It's it's, it's, it's so much it's going so, on. so much shit going yeah, on. It's like, it was like we, such a long movie. I can't even. This one we literally have to watch the movie and tell you right then and there how it fucking went. Yeah, but anyway, long story short. <laughs> Vin sees, sees John. John explains to him that he was the rogue agent that went rogue, Mr. Nobody. He explained to him how Mr. Nobody turned him and how he turned on Mr. Nobody and how he's going to do with all this and how his shadow did all this and how this is his world. And then you need to, I'm going to give you the same advice. You need to get up and drive and go away. Mm-hmm. And of course, they threatened, and that's when the one guy had him arrest him and take him out because, you know, diplomatic immunity and all this bullshit. So then they find that layer. Yeah. And that's when they find the magnets. Realize mm-hmm. that they were using 
they were using uh, no, not even then yet. No, they that's when they were going to steal the next component. The next component, they had to find out where, and Helen Mirren mm-hmm. told them, yeah, where it was that or something like that, something like that. And then that's when they found the magnets because Ramsey got into there was like, hey, something they were hacking, trying to find out. Yeah, and the, her equipment went crazy, and Tez didn't like the drivers because they had cauliflower ears. Yeah, <laughs> he realized that he had cauliflower. Hey, that's not a driver. You know, yeah, so they went after him. Yeah, and then that's when you find out there's magnets in that thing, and the whole f- Ramsey has to drive. And she says she doesn't know how to drive, but yet she can get it out of first gear. Because if you drive in a standard and you've never driven before, there's no fucking way you're gonna roll that car. Yeah, I don't have, I don't care how fucking you are. You don't she know. That you she drove it. She got better as it went on. She was good with the magnets off and on, <laughs> doing everything. She even captured John Cena with the magnet. Yeah, that was crazy. And Vince's yeah. like, "You're a natural." <laughs> That's when they take John Cena to yeah. that layer. And, but you don't know what we know about that layer until a little bit later. Yeah. And that's when Han shows up, too. Yeah, because Michelle Rodriguez and Letty went to, to Japan looking for Mexico because of the postcard. Yeah. Then they saw the Mexican flag up there, and then they almost get jumped. And then this Asian girl saves them. And then Han comes out because Han killed the two guys on the street. And like, yeah, that's murder. How is he not getting... <laughs> How are we just murdering people on the streets and no one's doing anything about it? That, that nigga dead. What, what are you going to call He dead. <laughs> what are cops? So I'm like, what the hell? Some more bullshit. I call uh, bullshit again. And then, and then, and then, and then how the fuck is Han alive? All right. And then they show this backstory by Han when he died. Yeah, how much nobody saved and Mr. Nobody uh, can make many things happen. Like, like all of a sudden you see, you know, John Statham, John Statham, Jason Statham, you know, where he drops a thing there and then the whole explosion and, and then all of a sudden after you see Jason Statham walk, then Risey passes Han and Han disappeared. Yeah. So I was like, did Mr. Nobody put a hologram of... I don't know, but, you know, he makes things happen. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Nobody. And then Mr. Nobody got Han to work for him. And then that's when him and Han were actually sitting there looking when the thing blew up. That's and then you find out that Han was the one that did the, took the separated that device in half, thanks to Mr. Nobody. But yeah. Mr. Nobody forgot to tell him things. And then they came to kill the girl's parents. And he took the girl with him, which we later find out she's a very important part to those yeah. situations. And so Han, everybody sees Han. They can't believe he's alive. Everybody's hugging him. But John Cena's just standing there smiling in the back. I'm like, uh-oh. And then Rich Prick comes down. Yeah. And he makes everybody drop their weapons. And they find out that, indeed, the girl is the key. Because she winds up, her parents did this with their DNA. And so now Cena gets out of the prison. They have both orbs now, both half the orbs, and the girl is the key. And, and they're and they're leaving now. And uh, the and the other backstory of that thing, Cena has captured captured Cipher. Yeah. Oh God. So yes. use Cipher to hack into wherever they need to. That's go. how they found out where the second part was. Where at. The second part was at, and Cipher turns the rich guy against Cena. Yeah, that's coming now. But it was so cool is that uh, I like her hairstyle like that. I really do. I don't know what's wrong. The bad guy says something funny in the show. He goes like, is it odd that I find her attractive and quite dangerous at the same? No, attractive as well. <laughs> I was like, I was like <laughs> it's the haircut. It's the haircut. And it's a whole personality. I totally love her as a badass. And so then, you know, they get all the parts, they activate it, they put it in the thing, and the, the rich guy tells Cena that, hey, uh, the satellite's not working, so he says, I'll go fix that. So he goes up to the top, and the other guy follows him out, and that's where you know the double trade is yeah, going to happen. Goes. And by that time, Vin and everybody are coming after him in cars. And then they realize, Vin, finally, all the backstories come together and realize that his brother 
Well, Tony doing what his dad told him, and yeah. they didn't expect what happened happened. Yeah. But Helen Mirren gave him the best advice about family, how family love is great, but you turn that into hatred, and it can be really bad. Yeah. But then you see John do his thing. Uh, ben helped him out, saved him, and you know they kind of work. And then they use the magnets to flip the bo- flip the machine. They flip the whole entire eighteen. The mammoth car, the yes, the mammoth, mammoth. Car speed racer. Yeah, <laughs> flip the oh, whole thing. Digress. And I'm like, is, is is this turning into speed racer? Yeah, but we forgot the one part. Or no, that that Batman. Tez and Roman. Yeah, Tez and Roman went. Yeah, exactly. It was a Batman thing. Tez and Roman went to go see Twinkie and the other guy from the Fast and the Furious Three. Yeah, who were doing a test with their Asian friend on how to. It's like, the, that's pretty cool, right? A rocket on the back of Fierro. Impressive, right? Tez is like, no, not at all. And then they shoot the car off to see if they can beat it. Guys, you didn't even beat the jet. No, we just, we, the car didn't explode. There's nine pieces. The jet worked great. Boom! <laughs> the car blows up. What I didn't understand was, uh, why did they go to them the first time? It made no sense. You have no reason why the hell they went there. They didn't know anything about that rocket. No. I don't know why they went there. I think they probably went there to find more information or find something. Or or there was a reason why they went. They were talking to him for some reason. But when they said Dominic Toretto said, oh, to get cars. Oh, to get cars. To get cars. That's what it was. And uh, But, yeah. So, it was like, but that rocket on that jet comes into, on that car plays a little bit. After it blew up. And the we major, saw, the we major saw, bullshit is coming and, now. And we saw it blow up. Oh, we saw that shit go to pieces. Now. Here's where, like I said, I like I said, like Miguel says, the big one over here says, when you're watching a Fast and Furious movie, you unplug your brain and just enjoy the enjoy the the you enjoy the movie, enjoy the stupidness, because that's how it is. Well, here comes this part, and they got to destroy the rocket, and they can't get up there. They don't have the funds from Mister Nobody, no nothing, so they got to get up there on their own. They find out I don't know how they got the plane to put the fucking rocket. Sh- fucking car on top of that which we did see blow up but then now it's there and tez and and roman are the one that are going to go into space and all of a sudden yeah we're going into space and i'm all like are, 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 am i hearing this right yes and i was like uh, they say they're going to, they're going into space and i looked at my girlfriend and we looked at each other and that's when i was like i went from i unplugged my brain to enjoy this movie too <laughs> well, you find out it has a satellite uplink, so they have to either one, they have to be on the satellite to disable it, and the thing. They can't get to the goddamn orb after they get inside the stupid thing, so the only way is to get into space. So Twinkie and whatchamacallit are flying a fucking jet with a goddamn Fierro stapped on top of it like some Mission Impossible bullshit. They got the rocket on the same fucking car that blew up just five minutes ago. <laughs> no, an hour ago. They're sitting in the car like astronaut made homemade suits. And I'm like, what the fuck? Deep sea diving suits, no less. Exactly. And then you got the Asian guy running calculations in the in the car. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then he okay, they get in the space. All right, just say lies. So they're flying and the guy he tells, Tell me you're not doing duct tape simulations right now. It's like, ah, oh, we just got to make sure we do it right. And that's when Tez and Roman go, you know, we can still hear you. <laughs> and then Tez got a, got a, look at a hole. We can't even have it. That's why he duct tapes his arm. And, and Tez is like, yeah. I mean, Roman's like, yeah, we're just duct taping shit up here because that's apparently what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Are we ready? Let's go. Fire. <laughs> and Roman's like, no, 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 no. And there they go. So there goes the, the, the Fiero, 
with the no, rocket with, with no heat shields or nothing. And two regular fucking satellite. Ti- two, excuse me, two rockets on the side, I, aka like the space shuttle. Yeah, I so they had like three rockets attached to that thing. I'm waiting for them to blow up. They did not. No. Get this. Now that okay, they in space, they floating around. Now say <laughs> they it's took logical. a Seattle into space. Say okay. it's logical. Okay, say, okay, say. okay, hang on, man. There's vents on the car. There's holes in the car made for air to fluctuate in there. How the hell did I freeze and die? Oh, they had spacesuits on. The spacesuits on. Oh, but still. With with little oxygen tanks. Yes, but still. I know. I know, I know. And magnets under the car. I know. I know. And a steering wheel. Why do you think I went? Duh. Duh. <laughs> You're like, this motherfucker driving a car in space. Now, I don't know. I guess he couldn't get the signal to the thing or something that Tess was trying to no, do. The, the magnets weren't working. Oh, the, the magnets, magnets weren't working. They wouldn't start up. And so, Tess goes, oh, I got this. And he's turning the steering How the fuck are you going to sit there and start turning the steering wheel to drive the fucking car? That, that That's not how space works. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, he was using the thrusters on the side of the car, kind of like, kind of like, kind of like they did with Armageddon, where they were using the shuttle and using the side thrusters to to move the shuttle, or like in Star Trek when they were using the side thrusters to like, to position the Enterprise. It's like, all right, but yeah. why the fuck he was turning the wheels? I don't know. It's like, yeah, I understand. He was turning the wheels, and well, maybe why? maybe they adjusted the the thrust for the wheels, or they, or they put a tail on or there. Tail. I, don't I, don't I don't know. They but, say, but apparently they can do this with precision. To aim and just run into it. Well, they didn't know and that yet because they were trying to do the magnet thing, and then yeah. that's when the Roman said, "Well, I guess we just gotta go out like heroes or whatever." So yeah. we're gonna ram it. And but the funny part of that space was like, how much candy did you eat? Because see all those just candy wrappers flying, flown in here. Go, like, uh, I, I eat candy when I get nervous. <laughs> now, all right, they're, they're, now they're going to the. He's they're gonna just ram it and destroy it. And so they're like, all right, so Roman Center turn the steering wheel, get in there. Now I might add, we have astronauts that go into space that are Air Force pilots that have been training for fucking years on how to control the space, the shuttle and everything up in space and everything, all the rockets and stuff and everything. Precision, years and years of practice. And these guys do it in a matter of fucking 30 minutes. I can drive perfectly in space. Can you explain that for me, sir? Can you explain me that he's not spinning in circles for oversteering because he shot too much thrust? Well, you see, when he collided into the... Uh, go, Hang on, no, no. Neil Grass, Neil Grass, the, Neil Tyson the Grass can explain this to you, okay? Let me explain it to you. Let me put my black hat on. Uh, <laughs> see, Sons. Sons? Sons. Out there, you know, Bill Nye will tell you. The projection of the vehicle hitting the, the satellite as it was in mid-turn allowed him to compensate for the race, the thrust, and the weight. Okay? Now, we know space itself is space. So, there is, like, no air. So, you think of a void. So, it's a pocket. So, when the collision occurred, it allowed the real end of the vehicle to maintain such a <laughs> I was waiting for it. I'm like, <laughs> you call him bullshit to my uh, six on this uh, one? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm calling him bullshit, but I'm also the. But you're kind of like, this motherfucker going into something like he really know what he's talking about. <laughs> rocket scientist, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> and then how did Tash become a rocket scientist at the same time? I don't know. But then all of a sudden, they hit it. 
And it destroys, literally yeah. destroys the fucking satellite. Yeah, but no scratch on the car. No scratches on the car. Yeah, I got that. You know why? Because Biff put on two coats of wax. <laughs> I figured he had to come into play somewhere in this motherfucking movie. Because I don't know how the fuck they did it. They had to go back in time somewhere. I don't know. I was like, all but, right. Okay, here's the question. You and I were getting a Fiero, and we fly into space. Well, our answers are dead. How the fuck are we going to get back down? I know. They didn't even think about that. I, okay, and you made the clear point. How they get out the atmosphere without burning up? Well, we already know. The guy put a coating, you know, and he put some... Uh, the same shit you do for snow, they put on the coating. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you burn up going in and out. You know, yes, you have more coming in than out. That just sounds wrong. But you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes. So, here they are. They go through the fucking thing without destroying themselves. And apparently they make satellites out of cheap material because it just ripped apart like it was fucking paper. And then all of a sudden, everybody won. They they beat them down there. Everybody, everybody's all happy. It's a great happy ending. Everything's going to be like, yay. And all of a sudden, you see Tez and Roman outside of the fucking Fiero waving at the fucking people in the space station to let them in. Knowing that the fucking car does not have a docking thing for the space station. So how the fuck are they supposed to get in the airlock? Can you explain that to me? Can you explain this shit to me? And then how they're gonna, where they're gonna have the money to pay to get the taxi ride home? Well, you know, Uber. Does Uber have a <laughs> rocket system that we don't know about? Uber Space. Uber Space. Yeah, we don't. We don't have that kind of vehicle, so we can't go. <laughs> but no, uh, they got out the car. They had their mask on, so they did a moonwalk. The satellite got a place where you can go in, and you know, they open the door, let you in, decompress, whatever. So that and they get in. How they got back down so quickly, I don't know. And they got beams in there, you know, little tractor beams. They send you down, or like Star Trek, you go vroom, step on a little pad, and next thing you know, you're on Earth. Or now you're on Vulcan. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. So that's some more bullshit. Now how come? How come they? They're how come they ain't blind? From what? Because when you're in space, uh-huh. that mis- there's nothing stopping the sun from burning you up. Yeah, but they're on the they're on the dark side. There was so much light for them to hit the fucking satellite. The sun hits the moon. Shut the fuck up. No, that's where the moon brights up. The sun hits the moon. You know that, right? It's still no... The moon don't got no light, fam. It's dark. It's black. If it wasn't for the sun, the moon wouldn't show up. Why do you think you get half crescent? I'm not, Okay, hang on, folks. I'm going to school this motherfucker in some science. You're seeing the light on the moon. But the, the reflection moon, of the sun. But it, the moon's not reflecting the light because when there's an eclipse, then we would... Yeah, exactly what I'm telling you. So the moon is the reason why they can see the, the satellite. And plus, they had the high beams on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they can see the satellite because of the moon. The sun is on the other side. No, honestly. No, 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 no. They're constantly going. They're circling the earth. Yes. So they're going to hit the sun. But yes, they were going too. But they were on the side away from the sun. So Quit trying to save this. It was going to take. No, I'm just trying to save you, this bullshit. I'm trying to tell you how orbit works, my friend. Here, let me throw this can around you and show you. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> see, see, what happened was is the, the orbit of the Earth and them going in circles. What, what, what happened was what happened, and we're coming up with the what happened was. See, see what <laughs> happened was. Well, uh, see, two brothers in space. Ain't nobody gonna believe that shit. <laughs> That's what they said. But yeah, so we can sit here and nitpick this movie to death. Of course, you know that everybody happy, happy at the end. They didn't give him a ten second car. Let's John Cena go away. So that lets you know something something happened with John Cena. And then 
All of a sudden, they have a little cameo. It's supposed to be a Paul Walker cameo. With yeah, the, the car the shows the up, car but the car don't up. get out. Everybody having barbecue. And they just smiling because they're saying, oh, it's... That's where Twinkie and Whatchamacallit see Han again. They can't believe he's live. And you know, and this is where you missed the good part. The movie ends. The credits are all going up there. Next thing you know, Han... Uh, you see Jason Statham beating the shit out of a punching bag. Then he opens it up. There's a guy in there. He's like... Oh, oh. He puts it... He tells him, well, you're going to tell me what I want to know? I don't have it. He puts it back up. He goes, and he hears a knock on the door. He zips him back in there. Don't go nowhere. And he's beating the shit out of the guy in the punch bag. <laughs> he goes up in the door, and there's Han. So like Braden said, next movie is going to be called Han and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was what you missed. Yeah. But so, all in all. Oh, no. I give this movie a solid 6.25. I give it that because, number one, it was fucking enjoyable. The ridiculous aside, it was enjoyable. If you just want to turn your brain off and simple-ass plot and just be stupid uh, and don't give a shit, just want to watch Vin Diesel do his thing, see John Cena, see Cypher, see all the characters do their, you know, just, just nostalgia type shit. It's nine. It's all good. If you want to go in there and watch something theologically or, or shit that makes sense scientifically, then you, this is not the movie. Because <laughs> right now, Neil deGrasse Tyson is turning over to his grave and he's still alive. <laughs> It made number one in the box office this weekend because there was really nothing else out there. No uh, freaking uh, bodyguards bodyguards out there, but you know everybody's gonna go see Vin. Of course, the devil out there and what the other movie with the the devil made me do it. Yeah, and some they're not gonna beat Vin, but no, no, it did pretty well from my understanding. Obviously, it's the only movie out, but you know everything's coming back now, so we'll have. It it did well because there was no digital release of it at all. It was all straight movie Mm -hmm. theater to it, and like I said, it was enjoyable. It was long. It was definitely nah. two hours and 30 minutes, probably. Nah. But it was fun. It was just a fun movie. That's all it is. And like it's, I said. The, the big one gave was 6.25. You had to go over. It um, had to be better than the Fast 8. Or I'm being nice. I was going to give it a 5. But I couldn't give it a 5 because it was funny. It made me laugh. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be nice. And I'm giving it a 5. I actually wanted to give it a lower number. But I'm being nice. I'm going to give it a five. You have to give it higher than that because you enjoyed the silliness. You enjoyed the stupidness. See, <laughs> you can give it higher marks for being a retarded movie. You just say it's a, it gets a 6.5, 6.25 because it was retarded. But the shit was funny. Roman made jokes, had you laugh the entire time, and the unbelievable shit was just like, okay. <laughs> no, I was, I was already trying to unplug the brain, and I was at the verge of duh at that point. <laughs> the space part went complete Zoolander. <laughs> okay so that's why I'm being nice and I'm giving it a 5 okay ladies and gentlemen the Rizzo for the first time in movie reviewing history I've given a 5 on an action film that the Rizzo loves action films I don't know I have a feeling I would give Sharknado a better rating than this what the fuck? <laughs> okay, Sharknado Stand By is a classic. I'm going to give you that. But this Fast Night was enjoyable, man. I didn't anyway, say it wasn't enjoyable. You've given your rating. You've given your rating. I gave it a five. You, you just want to be you. Just want to be you. That's fine. I get it. How much time you got? Uh, we can give you a short review. You can go, since you've seen it, you can give you a short review of Ice. Was it Ice what? The Ice Road. Ice Road. Yes, I'll give you a quick thing on the Ice Road. You're going to watch it, though, ain't you? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. All right, well, anyway. The Ice Road basically starts off. Okay, you want to talk about movies with thin plots? I'm gonna give you another one. <laughs> this is a week for thin plots. <laughs> basically, uh, there's the miners. They're mining in, in, in a fictional town in, in Canada. They're out there drilling. 
And the guy at Foreman says, man, why are you set this off? You don't let methane gas leak in here. Oh, we're not going to hit any pockets. Boom. <laughs> you see the truck driving on the road. He gets hit with a methane pocket. He rolls over. I guess that guy dies. We don't even find out what the fuck happens to that guy. Fuck that guy in the truck. Yeah, but all of a sudden, all the miners are caught in the, tr- in the mine. There was like 30-something of them, and I was only 26. So we lost, we lost a few, but we didn't even go mention who they were because they didn't. They were extras. That's right. So then you hear uh, them banging on the pipes. And then, like, somebody, one guy tells the other guy, well, somebody tells the CEO, somebody here has to know uh, TAP. Somebody one of the Boy Scouts or in the Army or something like that. You know, they got to know. And sure enough, Cody does. He's a, one of the characters. He does. He's like the supervisor or whatever. And so he starts tapping back, and they find out. They tell him what they're going to try to do. Try to bring in, a, bring in a drill to cap it and then get them out of turn, an open stick so they can get out. Well, it's already in April. Well, fast forward to the other part of the movie, you see uh, Liam Neeson coming back with his truck, goes into the shop and sees three guys fucking throwing a guy's thermos around and making fun of him, keeping it away from him, basically treating the, girl, the dude like a retard. He's Liam Neeson's brother. Liam Neeson catches the thermostat and tells his brother, Gordy, let's go, you know, don't be around these people. And he says, hey, how's it be good friends with a retard? It's like, he's not my friend. You're going to fuck, he's my brother. And don't even use that word no more. Retard. Liam Neeson gives him a left punch. Knocks the guy out cold. <laughs> of course, they get called in. They get fired. <laughs> so him and Gordy have to leave. So, message comes out where they're filling up their car that Liam Neeson sees on the phone. There's an emergency calling all ice road truck drivers. All truck drivers. Gordy, at the time, sticks his head out the window shows Liam Neeson a picture of a new truck. And Gordy talks like, truck, Ken Moore, more Ken. You know, he's He's not retarded. He's an army. He's a military vet who got injured in Iraq. Mm. You clearly see he has the shield where he got cut on his head, so he has a metal plate in his head. Yeah. So he's he's injured because of the war. And basically, so uh, they respond, and this is where you see Lawrence Fishburne, because the one guy, because the company in Canada called him to, hey, who's that one guy that knows everything? That young kid. Oh yeah, see if he can do something. So he goes and talks to to freaking Lawrence Fishburne's character, which is Mister Goldsmith or Goldslogger or Gold, whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Goldsmith or Goldstein, I don't know, it was one of them fucking names. Anyway, so he's talking about, son, is you crazy? You're talking about taking a truck with a 75,000 payload with this much pipe, this much thing in it, across ice. The season ended on March 2. March, the first week of March. We're in April now, man. We're two weeks in April. It's really that crazy? Think about it. The icing, you know, whatever. So and he goes, come back, come back here, kid. If you can get the government open roads, if you can get this and that and get us a thing, I'll get us the drivers. Those are two very big ifs. All right. So they get it done, you know, obviously for the movie's sake. So he's got one driver. He's talking to the guys. The guy's talking to the corporate office. Yeah. And he says he can get some people doing it. And, and he, uh, freaking Liam, not Liam Neeson, uh, once Pittsburgh goes, hey, you got $50? Yeah, here you go. So he goes, the driver just came free. Well, what's the $50 for? Bail. <laughs> I told you it wasn't going to be easy. So he goes and gets the girl out of jail. And she's paying her bail. And she gets out and she tells the cop. And the cop says, you throw rocks at the building again. We're going to arrest you. She goes, that's not. I want, I'm going to keep doing it until you get off my property. He's like, the parking lot belongs to the city. She goes, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about North America. He's Indian. <laughs> and so she leaves. And then uh, Fishman says, you still fighting a good fight? You keep building them casinos. You'll take the white man's money. <laughs> anyway, you find out her brother's Cody. Okay. So she's in. 
So he gets to meet Lawrence Fishburne. He talks to Lawrence Fishburne. He's asking him, you haven't kept the job in 11 years. What's going on? So Lawrence Fishburne, I mean, Lee Neeson explains to Lawrence, hey, you know, my brother, this, this, and this, and this is why. He goes, I understand now. He realized they were making fun of him. But he's a mechanic. The best one you'll ever see. Get your tools, Gordy. Come with me. Gordy. So they go out in there. They got the damn transmission truck. I need you to do this, this, and this. I'm going to time you. So Gordy's fixing his tools. Go. And Lawrence Fishburne's like, Jesus. He looks at the guy. All right, tell him I got my crew. We're good. Send everybody else home. <laughs> <laughs> so they decide to take three trucks. Uh, and another uh, insurance agent guy comes with them. And I don't want to give you the whole movie away, but he's not who you think he is. And so a lot of shit happens. Anyway, I don't want to give you the rest of it, but they make it, they go across the ice. Bad shit happens. You find out why one of the persons is not who they say it is, causing issues. Eventually, Liam Neeson has to, you know, he survives through the whole movie. Uh, Liam Neeson has a fight with the bad guy on the ice. And it's terrible. It's like watching two old ducks fight. <laughs> At one point, Liam Neeson is running for the truck that's still going about five miles an hour or two miles an hour. It's still running on its own. And it looks like he's dying to get to it. <laughs> like he's trying to run really fast. And he's going in slow-mo with the bad guy following behind him. who's like 50 times younger than him. So he's having to go even slower. <laughs> All in all, the soundtrack to the movie theater is amazing. To the movie, it's amazing because mm-hmm. it gets you pumped up. I felt like I wanted to drive a truck. I felt like I wanted to be a hero. Uh, some of the scenes were really good. Uh, the whole ice thing was pretty interesting uh, because the ice is literally thin at that time. They can't go so fast. Otherwise, the water, the wave riding on the thing will force it to do a wave, which will then break the ice and you're yeah. going to go in. Or if they go too slow, the weight of the truck will then force them to go through the ice. Uh, driving through the night is the best because it's cold and the ice is there and they're good. Driving in the middle of the day with the sun out, it's not a good thing. And you see the water on the ice, the wa- ice melting. Uh, sabotage came to play, uh, everything else, but and then it was it was pretty good. It was actually quite enjoyable, believe it or not. It was a little over the top. The plot was just you know we got to get there to save the miners, you know. But it was it was good. I I give it a good six point five. It was enjoyable. It was not Liam Neeson's greatest movie. It was good. Some people died in the movie, obviously. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is not a main character, so you know. Brother got to go, man. Why? Brother does go. I'm sorry, brother. Don't go right either, but <laughs> but the brother brother doesn't go in the right way either. Oh, that's messed up. It's he hero though. Okay, but it, it's it's really good. It's 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 better than you think it was, but unbelievable too. Because when they do get there, you know the time frame that the miner has to survive. I'm like those niggas dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then you find out, of course, like every other movie, the cor- the corporate, the manager, and the guy, they were all behind it. They're evil. Um, they basically set them up to failure. They paid the guys extra money to have the census turned off. The Prime Minister for Canada finds out, gets all, he goes, he calls them fucking monsters and all kinds of shit. And they pretty much, you know, those fuckers are going to jail and the company going to get shut down. <laughs> but yeah, you'll enjoy the movie. It's not bad. It's it's another one you turn your brain off, but it's kind of funny. Okay. Not uh, as bad as turn your brain No, it's not as impossible as this one, as Fast 9. The impossible things are the – actually, you know what? Come to think about it, no. It was probably – Some of it is possible. It is possible. The The thing is the bad guys. Like how many times is that motherfucker going to live? That's probably impossible shit. Yeah. <laughs> but the shit that actually happened with the trucks and everything else, that seems like that would actually happen. And I think that does actually happen. I think that's why they don't drive so late in the season. Yeah. And uh, But it's, it's, it was good. I enjoyed it. All right, it was cool. a good movie. I watched it twice. All right, I'm going to have to check it out. I'm with the family. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, you should. It's good.
All right, Miguel. That is our this is episode two hundred seven. Two hundred seven. After all the talking we did at the beginning, do you have your final thought, or you? If you're gonna go into space, <laughs> make sure you got something better than a Fiero. That's all I got. <laughs> I'm the big one, and I'm Rick the Rizzo. We out. Well, you know what, guys? That's a hell of a show. And if you really love listening to us, you can catch us everywhere. You can catch us on our radio stations, Beyond the Dawn Radio. You can catch us on WBLZ Media slash Iconic Radio. You can catch us on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, and Anchor. We're everywhere, peeps. Thank you for joining us. Thinking shit through one podcast at a time. (laughs) 